0: My Micah? All right. Good evening. Good morning. I woke up this morning. and wasn't quite sure where I was, but I know I'm in New Jersey. Are you going to bring me down here? We're going to come down here? Can I? Okay. I, I, I have worked out this week, so there we go. All right. Good morning. Are you happy to be in the house of God? Wonderful. Uh, Before we get rolling this weekend, we have a resource table back there. I really encourage you to buy everything back there. It's not a joke, but do you know there's something about believing in what God's called you to do? If you don't believe in what God's called you to do, no one else will. So it's really, really important that you become convinced of what God's called you to do. Because that defines your purpose and it defines all your decisions. And it, we'll see this morning, the, what is in here defines everything out there. You can't get away with it. I don't care if you know how to say amen, hallelujah. But what you really believe is defined in your behavior. So, yeah, not amen for that, but it's still true. Uh, this audio uh, teaching, every year, probably for the last eight, nine years, the Lord uh, gives me some prophetic insight to the coming year. So we call this Word for 2018. And uh, it's the audio version, but there's also a, um, the written part of it is back there. And then uh, David, do you know that Jesus was called the son of David? It's fascinating. I don't fully understand that, but I'm convinced of this. God is not afraid to identify with weak humanity. So, no matter what you're going through today, God's arms are open towards you. No matter what mistake you've made, even this morning, because I know nobody yelled at their spouse on the way to church. I know you were all holy on the way to church, but uh, God's arms are open towards you. You know, it says too in Acts 13 about David. I've been really meditating on this. It says that when David had, had served the purposes of God for his generation, then he died. That's a good way to die. Come on. So you, you, you have a job here. I don't know if you know it. Your, your job didn't, didn't really begin until you got born again. Some people think born again is like the biggest thing. Jesus did not die just to get you to heaven. I got one amen here, so I'll work with that. If you, if you watch Jesus' interactions with his disciples, you won't find one teaching about, hey, one day you're going to fly away, so be ready for that. It was all about learning to live life on earth. Amen. That's right. Because if you don't enjoy walking with God now, you're really going to have some trouble when you get to heaven. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like if you're not obeying God now, why do you want to go to heaven where he's in charge of everything? <laughs> You'll know, think about it. like like what are you going to do when God starts talking about money in heaven? You going to leave the church? <laughs> What if God tells you you need to adjust some things when you get to heaven? I don't like what you just said. Where are you going now? (laughs) But it's likely if you get offended now, you probably won't make it there. (laughs) Just leave that right there. All right. I do believe I have a word today. That was just the beginning. Is there someone here, before we just open up the Word, and if you have have your Bibles, how many brought your Bibles today? I hope you brought your Bible, your iPads. If you're a little behind and you got a BlackBerry, that's okay. We'll take the Bible. Do you know, there was a time where pretty much the only church that existed, they wouldn't let you read the Bible. In fact, the priest didn't even read the Bible. And when you went to church nobody understood what was going on it was all in Latin it wasn't tongues so read your Bible there's a guy there was a guy named in church history there was this guy named called John Huss Huss was considered a heretic because he wanted the Bible to get in common people's hands we've come a long way in the body of Christ so I hope you brought your, not, not only that, I hope you brought your Bibles, I hope you read your Bible, I hope you meditate on your Bible, I hope you, I hope you read a different version of the Bible every year. I know some of you are like, I ain't got no time for that. Well, that's, that's probably why your life is a little dysfunctional, but we'll get into that in a minute. But is there someone here this morning, you, have a, uh, you battle uh, headaches, you have issues with headaches, is anyone here this morning like that? that you that you I don't have my glasses on someone put their hand up back there that you with headaches okay why don't you stand up I believe the reason I believe that God wants to heal bodies today did I talk to you about your condition before I got here I'm not a doctor but I've been staying in a lot of holiday and expresses and I do know Jesus Christ And I do know that God doesn't tell me about people's conditions and go, hey, I know your condition. I want you to stay in that condition. He wants to heal your body. Just stretch your hands towards her. Are you battling anything now? Are you have fatigue or anything? Or a little bit? Just lift your hands. What's your name? Oh, it's Lillian. I'm sorry. I can't see from back there. I got to put my glasses on. Just stretch your hands towards her. You believe God wants to heal her today? In Jesus' name, we command all the pain and headaches and any spirits of infirmity, go! In Jesus' name. And I command the life of God to flow. May headaches leave your life from this day forward and let them never ever return again. Amen. Amen. I just heard this phrase to tell you that when these things try and come upon you, just say, I am healed in Jesus' name. That there's like a, it's like, I feel like maybe at times it's gone and come before, but this time the Lord says, you've got to fight that thing with the Word of God. So I bless you to walk out this healing in Jesus' name. Amen. How do you feel? Good? Good? Did you feel any different as we prayed? Of course. Good. I like that. Of course. You shouldn't ever pray a prayer and not expect a response. All right. Why don't you stand? John chapter 6. We'll read it and then we'll pray. John chapter 6, verse 28. Then they said to them, Then he said to them, excuse me, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him he sent, that you may believe in him he sent. I want you to just repeat this with me. Say, dear father, I've come to hear your word today. Give me the grace to hear what you want me to hear. I receive by faith what you want to speak to me. In Jesus' name. Now, you don't have to repeat this. Father, thank you for your word. Open up your word to us. Let it be like those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, that as you opened the word to them, their hearts burned and it revealed you. Father, I need your help. Without you, I can't do anything, but with you I can do all things. Thank you for miracles taking place all across this room as the word goes forth. Oh, uh, 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 Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I declare in Jesus' name that the word is going forth on good soil, producing 30, 60, and 100 full return. Fill me with your spirit, put your words in our mouth, and Holy Spirit, you said you would guide us into all truth, not some truth, so guide us into all truth today, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So this morning, I want to start in John 6, the reason I asked if you had your Bibles because we probably will use a lot of scripture, Jesus is having this discussion. It was not uncommon to have discussions about the Word of God during that time, in fact, The rabbis would sit in the synagogue and constantly dialogue, go back and forth and ask questions. But this is a question they asked Jesus. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Pretty good question. And notice here that Jesus does not give them a how-to on how to do something. He doesn't say, when you pray for the sick, do it like this. He doesn't give them a step-by-step guide. He simply focuses on their belief system. It's very fascinating. He gives a very simple answer. How do we do the stuff you're doing? Good question. How many want to live the life that Jesus Christ has for you? I got three amen, so I'll work with those three. How many want to live the life that God has for you? Let me just say this. If you're in Christ, how many are in Christ? You don't have any other choice. He gives you this command, imitate Jesus. Ephesians 5 verse 1, imitate him. He's not asking if you feel like it. He's not saying if you've had a good day. He's not saying if you grew up in America. He's not saying if your mother and father loved you. He says if you're in Christ, you must imitate him. So there's no other goal. You should know the goal if you're in Christ. The goal is not to get you to heaven. The goal is get you to bring heaven on earth and then you'll inherit Herod. So they ask him, how do you do the stuff? How do you do what you're doing? How do you cast out the sick? How do you never become overwhelmed? How do you never go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. How do you do this? And he points to their belief system. Really, really important is, and this is what's interesting. When Jesus is walking around the earth, he is not walking around with the sign. He's not walking around with anything that says, this is my belief system. The belief system that Jesus has is internal and what is on the inside of Jesus is defining his behavior. You'll see too what is on the inside of you determines your behavior. Your belief system determines your behavior. A few minutes ago we had a moment of worship. It was time to give tithes and offerings. How you gave in that offering is determined by your belief system. God will never convict you of not giving tithes and not giving offerings what he will convict you of do you trust me? Come on now. and This is what James said my brothers and sisters if people say this is James 2 verse 14 if people say they have faith But do nothing their faith is worth nothing So what's he telling you he's telling you your trust What you trust in is defined in what you do. And if you say you trust something, but you never do it, then there is something called deception. And this is important for the Western culture. The Western culture values ideas more than often ideas, more than concepts. In the Western mind, we think... If we say oh I believe that's true but never do it we somehow are satisfied with just believing something is true and the reason this is so important is biblical faith is not just agreeing something is true how many believe that Jesus wants to heal people how many believe and I don't don't I'm gonna say cancer is absolutely demonic the only person that God ever put sickness on was Jesus so that humanity would never have to live with him. The earth would have never had sickness and disease had it not been for Adam's agreement with the devil in Genesis 3. God cannot put cancer or disease or sickness on you to, to, to show you something about your life because he doesn't have it to give. You better discern between good and evil. Get rid of that, that stuff. But I've seen people, I've seen my own family. No one can tell me that, can't, oh, God, well, God took them home. No, God didn't take anyone home. I don't understand it all, but I know cancer is not from God. So what we see. Is belief system is not something that you walk around with belief system is something that you demonstrate look at Hebrews chapter one I'm gonna do a little preaching this morning if you (laughs) I'm a little fired up I had an extra day of rest Hebrews chapter 11 the famous chapter on faith we don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews Some people think it's Paul. I'm not quite sure if it was Paul, but it's an unknown writer. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance is the ultimate reality that underlines all outward manifestation and change. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice there that faith cannot be seen. But it gives you substance for what you hope for and believe. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse three: By faith we um un- oh, spitting now. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. How were the worlds framed? By the word of God. Keep that in mind. It's really really important there. So that the things which are seen, the things which are seen. Excuse me were not made of the things which are visible the things which we see are not made of things that are visible this building when it was built in the architect's mind it was already built before one single thing was done to the building you talk to a good you talk to a good architect they can walk through a whole work site and they're gonna go the bathroom's gonna go here the, the pulpit's gonna go here why in their mind that thing is already built it is in the substance of their mind verse skip on to verse six if you're following along but without faith without faith it's impossible to please him without faith It's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Keep that in mind. Because one of the most tolerated sins in the body of Christ is unbelief. And without it, you can't please God. How many want to please God? You can only do it with faith. Here's something really important about living a lifestyle of faith is this. Some people think, I need faith, you know, for the really big things. But this, I got handled. Rethink that one. This is the posture of someone in the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What's the poor in spirit? It's someone who goes, God, I need you today. I need you for everything you've called me to do. I need you to get up in the morning I need you to wake up in the morning I need you for the next pair of shoes I got I need you for my my shoe whatever you have need them now here's where it gets even better I'm getting a little ahead of myself but everything you've ever needed on this earth and eternity God's already provided it for you so God tells us without faith it's impossible to please him and he tells him if we want to do the stuff he's called us to do the works that he's called us to do we have to have the correct belief system now here's something about the nature of God that's really important look at Mark 11 verse 12 now on the next day when they came out from Bethany, he, he was hungry notice the humanity of Jesus the reason Jesus can identify with you is because he was in the same world as you, but he never gave in to the world You should have said amen to that Jesus was hungry. Jesus got tired. Jesus was tempted. He experienced all the things of the human the beauty of Jesus is beautiful and The only reason he came is so you and I could be one with God It wasn't like Jesus got something out of coming to earth It was no benefit to him God didn't need any of us he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it and when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for it was not seasoned for the figs in response Jesus said let no one eat fruit from you ever again and his disciples heard it. Now, there's a story in between there, a very minor story of Jesus overturning the temple. And, and he was a little upset. It's very minor. I, you know, but verse 20, we pick up the story. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Notice there, too, that Jesus speaks to a tree. Jesus speaks to an object. What he tells that object to do happens, and then Peter goes, Holy smokes, P- Jesus, what you said to that tree, it's happened. And immediately, Jesus goes into a teaching on faith. He connects what he says to that tree, to the concept of faith, and in that concept is speaking, which we'll revisit hopefully in a minute. And Jesus makes a statement. Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God. Have faith in God." Now that's New King James. The best translation of that verse, though, is, and I've looked at this for several years, making sure I got this right. The best translation of that in the original language is this. Have God's faith. Have God's faith. So this is, this, is, this is where it gets really, really good. Jesus, in teaching on faith, tells us something about God. Do you know that God is love? Amen? He doesn't have love. He is love. But he moves in faith. And Jesus says, the same faith that I move in on the earth, when I move to act in the earth, the same confidence that the Trinity has within itself, I say, you can have that kind of faith. Where do we see God operating in faith? I'm glad you asked, Pastor Joe. Here's some concepts about God that are important to remember. God is described as having a heart and mind in 1st Samuel 2 verse 35 But the gospel writer John says God is a spirit What are you a spirit? You don't have a spirit. You are a spirit Very very important a lot of people think well. I have a spirit. No you are a spirit Your body ceases to exist without your spirit. It's called dying That's why the enemy is looking for bodies to inhabit The only way he gets on the earth your spirit is gonna live forever and your spirit was created to be in charge so God is a spirit God is a spirit you're a spirit that's why he makes your spirit born again to make you a new creation so Romans 4 this is how God moves in faith notice again the concept is talking about faith Therefore, it is of faith that might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to our to little to, 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 but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. How many are in Christ? If you're in Christ, you're of the faith of Abraham. You've been grafted into the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the father of us all in the presence of him who believes. God, who gives life to the dead, and here it is, and calls things that do not exist as though they did, and calls things that do not exist as though they did, and calls things that do not exist as though they did. I know he's talking about Abraham, but you'll see where God is moving in faith at the very beginning of creation. So how how does God move in faith? He calls things be not as though they were. That's why this is so beautiful about God. God starts at the end before he ever begins. Before he ever created the world, you were already on his mind. He knew that you would be born in sin. He knew that you would have some issues. So he already made a way for your provision and it's called Jesus. Jesus. That's why when God calls you into the kingdom, he doesn't say you got to clean yourself up. He just said, come as you are and I'll clean you up. Because he says, if you'll just stick with the process, if you'll just walk with me, I'll work it all out. I'm so happy that when God called me, he didn't tell me every dysfunction that I ever had. He just said, come and follow me and I'll take care of all your dysfunction. back to Genesis 1 Genesis 1 verse 1 notice we're, we're we're using this concept God has faith God has a spirit and God calls things be not as though they are and what is not seen defines what is seen really really important Genesis 1 in the beginning or when time began God created the heavens and the earth God created the heavens and the earth. So who created the heavens and the earth? Notice too that God did not need a place to live. But he creates a place called heaven to show us where his kingdom is going to be headquarters. If you read in in the book of Psalms, it says God is in heaven on his throne. the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters notice that the the, the earth is out of order and the Spirit of God is hovering but the Spirit of God will not do anything until God speaks his word question do you think God is arbitrary or is he intentional give me some feedback you're Pentecostal right some of you looking at me Why do you have trouble talking in church? You ain't got trouble telling your wife what you think. (laughs) God is extremely intentional. He knew we would be here today. He knew what time we would be. He knew everything about today. So in His intention, this is what He does. Genesis 1 verse 3 through 5. God spoke and light appeared. God spoke and light appeared Genesis 1 11 and 13 God spoke earth green grow grow all varieties Genesis 1 14 and 15 God spoke lights come on you get the point he is speaking the universe into existence and He's calling things, be not as though they are through His voice. It's the Word of God that is upholding the world and is the Word of God that is putting things into order. Amen. Yeah. This is where we see God moving in faith. And then the crown jewel of His creation. Look at if you're following along, Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said to them, See, I have given you every herb yields seed, which on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to it shall be food. And to every bird, beast of the air, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every herb for food, and it was so. Two things that are really, really important, actually three I want to pull out. In one verse 26, it says, let them, let them, let them, let them, let them. The reason I'm emphasizing that is this, he's not saying, let us, he's saying, let them. And then he goes further and he says, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth. What's he doing? He's putting man in charge of the earth. He is making man owner of the earth with stewardship responsibilities. But here's the third thing, and this is why faith is so important. Man was not created to take care of itself. Everything that Adam and Eve needed in the garden was either found in that garden or they could find in God. You should say amen to that. What's the point of that? He makes them responsible for the earth. This is really, really important. You know why this is important? Because if you don't look at yourself as an owner of the earth, you'll never take responsibility for injustice. Wherever you live, you should take responsibility for When you get on your block or your apartment, you should say, in Jesus' name, let this whole block get saved. In Jesus' name, let there not be any crime on this block. Not on my watch will there be crime here. Expose all evil in this neighborhood. Let the cops get them. Real good. (laughs) You should take responsibility for North Bergen where your church is. If there's corruption if there's difficulty what are you going to do about it he's made you responsible for it. so he gives man authority over the earth let's reemphasize this with two verses just in case that it's troubling for you Psalm 8 verse 6 you've made him to have dominion over the works of your hand and you have put all things under his feet Psalm 115 verse 16 The heavens, even the heavens, are the Lord. What's the Lord's? Heaven. But the earth, but the earth, but the earth, the earth, He is given to the children of men. Three important points there. He gives humanity ownership of all the earth. The earth is theirs to be responsible for, but man is not created to take care of itself. Everything that man was supposed to do on the earth was supposed to be in trust to God Adam never looked at Eve before the fall and go honey. How are we gonna pay the light bill? How do you think we're gonna take care of the kids college? What are we gonna do about this? They never thought of that why God had already provided it for them. So how now does the will of God come in the earth the will of God comes into the earth when people connect with God through faith and through their lives the will of God is expressed on the earth see only way look at um, two nineteen and 20 really really important here you'll see this stewardship taking place out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Notice, God is giving Adam responsibility for what he told them to do. Part of your responsibility as a believer is to manage your life. It is not anyone else's fault what's going on in your life. You can't blame your bad and You can't blame your career. It is your responsibility to steward your life God will hold you responsible for what he's asked you to manage and this is a picture though of life in the kingdom of God God is always the source of all things amen anytime you think you're the source you're gonna mess this thing up but God is always a source He brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. So what's happening here? God speaks, God speaks, God speaks, God speaks. God calls things be not as though they are. Then he goes, Adam, you're in charge and you're a good looking man you are now in charge of the earth and here's what we're going to do one day we don't know if it's the next day but let's bring all the animals and Adam I've given you a brilliant mind I've called you to manage this that's why I'm not naming them that's why you can't be a weird Christian and go God whatever you want no I'm holding you responsible for this part of it and he brings the animals to him and Adam looks at those animals The first one he thought might have been of the devil, because it was ugly and it meowed. And he said, God, are you sure you made this thing called a cat? But he said, okay, it's a cat. Notice this, if God brought all the animals to Adam, it was Adam who named that snake. Adam was always supposed to be in charge of the snake snake was never telling Adam what to do and then he got real excited Adam because this beautiful thing came up to him and started licking him wagging its tail he goes God I know you made this this is a dog God you have made something from heaven here beautiful dog what's happening God speaking God speaking God speaking you don't find any verse where it says Adam went to Rutgers to get a degree to name those animals. Adam is not defined by an intellect, by a soul. He has a soul, but the mind of God is governing what he's doing. And but catch this he is calling things be not as though they are, because those animals didn't know any difference between God. Or Adam all they knew is the voice of God is supposed to govern me so I will listen to that created voice you'll see this here in a minute so we know their agreement see Adam was never ever fearful before he made a mistake if you are not born again your unregenerated spirit naturally produces fear, worry, unbelief, all those things. It produces those things because they are the result of the curse of Adam and the curse of this world system. That's why you don't want anything in this world. Some people think, well, I just got this little thing on the side and, you know, like... The enemy doesn't want to give you a cold. He wants to destroy you with that cold. He doesn't want you to just have this little, little, little texting relationship with that woman at work. He wants to completely destroy your family line through that relationship. You better think about it that way. It'll help you. It helps me. He steps out of line and a curse is released into this world. And the first thing, what does Adam do? Think about what's happening here. Adam had everything he needed in God. The first thing that happens when he steps out of God's plan is he looks inside of himself and he begins to worry about himself. The the owner of the earth makes a fig outfit. That is embarrassing. Because sin will embarrass you and take your dignity. That's why you don't want to have anything of it. And that's why God is good because you don't have to live in sin. the world is cursed the human race is cursed but God always made a way he starts notice the pattern in scripture though he goes to a man where did he start this thing with a man he goes to a man called Abram later he calls him Abraham and he says I'm gonna make covenant with you because why not because I just want covenant with a nation called Israel. Why? Because I want the earth back. The earth belonged to my children, and I want to give it back to them. I don't like curse. I don't like disease. I don't like people worrying about their own needs. I'm a God who is more than enough. Hey. I don't like seeing people suffer. I don't like seeing people messed up in their mind. So let me give you a covenant, but there's coming something greater, and his name is Jesus. But notice, when Jesus comes, he does not come to establish a new religion. He came to reintroduce what was lost in Genesis 1 called the kingdom of God. And how do you get back into the kingdom of God I'm glad you asked pastor this thing called faith he knew we were so messed up he goes you can't even help yourself so every person that ever existed has this thing called the measure of faith however you got born again whether it was through a gospel meeting thank God for Billy Graham was it through a co-worker whether it was through a dream I know people who no one ever told them about Jesus but they said If there's a real God, I will give my life to you. And they heard a voice. I've heard people. I heard one person say, a minister of the gospel, he said, I heard this voice as a child. Or or I was 11 years old or something like that. And he said, my name is Jesus Christ. And you will serve me. Because he always responds to the sincere seeker. But the only way you can respond to the gospel message is this thing called the measure of faith But faith is a gift that God gives to everyone that they need to use to connect with God You come into the kingdom of God by faith and now you get to live by faith Really important though I said it a minute ago, faith is not just agreeing in an idea. This is really important for our culture. Because a lot of people go, oh yeah, I believe, I believe that Jesus, Jesus died on the cross, I, I believe he was a good prophet, all this stuff. Biblical faith is not just agreeing with something, it is putting your complete trust in that reality. It, it's, and it, is also, it is only based on God's revelation of yourself. A lot of people have their own humanistic faith. What does that look like? I have received Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he rose again. But I also believe that God says it's okay for me and another man to live together. Because God loves me no matter what. That's not biblical faith. That's Faith based on a revelation of your choosing. Can you come to God with a boyfriend? Yeah. But you walk with God, you gotta sever those things. Why? Because God's keeping something from you? No, because it's not the way He designed you to live. Some people think some people think God's opposed to certain things. God's just you, you would think that the God who created you knows how he called he called you to design to live really important you can't if you want to live a life of faith you can't live it on your own terms narrow is the road he's always in charge he's gracious and loving but he you gotta it's his way there's no other way Don't choose morality on your own terms. I've seen this. This is is very disturbing to me. Two people dating in the body of Christ. Well, we're getting married. Oh, apparently you're God now. Oh, we're getting married one day, so we will just live with each other. Okay. So now you've become God of that area of your life. You've decided what is good for you. It's not to shame anyone, but we have, to, we have to talk about these things. You don't get to decide what's right. Immorality is independent of what you think about. It. So God gives to everyone the measure of faith. And then part of his desire is he wants to teach us how to live by faith. The life of faith begins with an internal choice that you are going to trust God in every area of your life. To walk a life of faith, one of the things I've learned is really, really important is to understand God's nature towards you. And it's this, he's kind, he's good, and he, now keep this in mind, he knows a lot more than you. So what do I always encourage people to do? I encourage people, if you're in a family, get what your are I do this almost every week with my journal, just in my time with the Lord. I'll write it down. God, today, once again, because it's never on your own strength. I choose, with your help, to walk by faith and not by sight. The word of God will be my highest standard. Expose any areas of deception and unbelief in my life. Your word, whatever you tell me, I will do. I am a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word is your will, and I will seek to do your will. My money's yours. My nice shirt is yours. My house is yours. My car is yours. Everything that ever's come, it's all yours. Thank you for all the blessings you've given me, but it's all just tools that you've given me. And once again, with your help, it's through your faith I choose to walk by faith today. Your your quality decision is really, really important. The people... Who tried to come to church this morning are not here what did you do this morning maybe someone pushed you to go but when you got up this morning God did not come out of heaven hey get up it's time to go to church no you had to cooperate You you had to get up you had to get up at a certain time you had to get here You had to get in the house of God. You had to agree with the strength of God on the inside of you to do what God asked you to do today. Jesus is our example. I want to look at something that we'll, we'll land it for today. That's very important if we're going to walk this life of faith. Look at John the fifth chapter. give you just some, we could go a lot of different places, but I want to look at this here. I believe it'll give us, give you some picture of of, of how to walk this out. John 5 verse 19, then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do, but whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. I want I want to just uh, point out for just a moment here that everything that God desired for Adam that's why we started in Genesis everything that God desired for Adam Jesus became with the difference being this in the garden God walked with Adam In Jesus the word became flesh and for the first time in history the Word of God came to live on the inside of a man Jesus was completely sinless he's fully God fully man but notice the humility of Jesus he chooses to live as the Son of Man on the earth that's why he is our example If Jesus lived like God upon the earth we could we couldn't look at his example and say I can do that because we're not God but he lived as a man in right relationship with God filled with the Holy Spirit listening only to his father so Jesus was sinless what did God intend for Adam God intended Adam to be sinless Jesus walked in intimacy with the Father Son and Holy Spirit what did God desire for Adam to walk in intimacy with the Father the Son and Holy Spirit Jesus was not defined by his environment you never look at Jesus calling an elders meeting go guys what are we going to do we just had a big crusade it drained all the general fund what are we going to do now you never see Jesus do that he's got to pay taxes he goes Peter go down to the lake pick up the fish you got all the money to pay Caesar You never see Jesus go, I'm stressed out, just don't know what I'm going to do. (laughs) I'm very confused. You never see Jesus doing that. Jesus is going to die the most horrible death. But you never see Jesus over, oh my God. I want you to point out this though. Jesus had a will. At any point in his life on earth, he could have gone, God, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. But here he says, I do only, I do only what I see my Father in heaven. I can't do anything without the Father's help. So what's the posture of faith? I can do only thing what God can help me to do. I'm completely reliant upon God. That's the life of faith right there. This is an encouragement for you. You got some debts, God can help you with that. You got a kid who's on drugs, God can help you with that. You woke up depressed today, God can help you with that. You need a new refrigerator, God can give you a new refrigerator. The kingdom of God is incredibly practical. It's not I'm going to heaven one day and I'm going to get beat up the whole time I'm here on earth and I'm on my own trying to figure it out. It's not how this thing works. He whom God has sent, as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. That's what he said in John 20. So, what happens? We want our wills to align with the will of God. We want, we want to, and nobody's perfected, nobody's on a process, but you want to make that choice. God, from this day forward, I'm going to do whatever you ask me. Now, this is where it gets really, really fun. This is where you start going, no, no, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Then he goes, no, no, that's what I meant. <laughs> this is when the Wubba meets the road. This is when you're singing that song. Lord, I give you my heart. Okay. I need you to go and ask your boss for forgiveness. No, 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 I didn't mean that. He's a jerk, God. You know, you don't even like him, God. You know that little thing that you said about your sister the other day? Yeah, that was wrong. Repent of that. Oh, you know my sister. She's already give me a hug. I know. You need to forgive her for that. Why don't you cook a meal for her and show her how much you love her? And then I want you to send her an offering because she's struggling. Well, God, she's always messing up. She's always taking a bit. I know. Just send her an offering anyway. You know what happens in the process of faith? You realize all the judgments you have in your heart against other people. It's only in that life that you really learn certain things about what's really going on there. And he says this. But what He sees the Father does, for whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself does, and He will do greater works than these that you may marvel. So, we want to make that internal decision that our will has now become the will of God. The second thing you want to do is this. You see here, there's a life of fellowship with God. What is one of the ways you know you've taken responsibility for your life? You have a life of fellowship with God. This is beautiful. That you get to worship God on the way to work. You got a few extra minutes in your lunch hour, you dig into the Word of God. You listen to some good teaching. You got 15 minutes before you get home, before you start working with your kids, you just pray in the Holy Spirit. You don't, like some of you need to pray in the Holy Spirit. I just felt that. You got baptized in the Holy Spirit 20 years ago. You're still praying in the same tongue. Everywhere you go, you should pray in tongues. You should be like Southern Apostle Paul. I pray in tongues more than you all. It's not weird. It's weird if you don't pray in tongues. Why would you not use a tool that God gave you for victory on this earth? I talked to some leaders now. They say, oh, brother, we, we don't pray in tongues. I said, you need help. I heard, I heard one church now, they're telling people, only mature, oh, when you mature, you don't need tongues anymore. Your mama. I need tongues every day, because I don't know what to pray. It's the only way I know how to pray the will of God. And that in the word of God. And just let it flow out don't be embarrassed never be embarrassed of what God's doing in your life never be embarrassed of who God is so you want a life of fellowship with God and then here's something that happens as you fellowship with God look at John the 12th chapter verse 49 we'll land the plate 49 for I have not spoken on my own authority But the Father who sent me gave me a command of what I should say and what I should speak. Of what I should say and what I should speak. Why is this so important? This is important because the world was created by the Word of God. Adam spoke the animals into... He called those animals to be what God called them through the Word of God. Now Jesus out of a life of intimacy, never sinned, and everything he says is hitting the mark. So it's critical that in fellowship with God, you capture what God is saying, either through the written word or through words he gives you. It's one of the number one ways I pray. I'm having a a meeting in September with our intercessors. And one of the things we really emphasize is we, as we pray into things God's called us to do, and, and more and more everything He calls us to do is impossible. That's wonderful. That's called faith. It just gets more wonderful and wonderful knowing you can't do anything on your own strength. But I pray, we have a a big event coming up end end of the year, and I begin to pray, God, this is what you've called us to do. What are you speaking about this? What are the words that that you're calling us to speak about? Why? Because he says, my words are spirit and they are life. But there's something else that, that moves on your behalf. When you speak the word of God, look at Psalm 90. Excuse me, Psalm ninety-one, Psalm ninety-one, verse eleven. I gotta find it myself. Psalm ninety-one, verse eleven. For He, who's He? God. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Question. Now, unless God opens your eyes, which he can, and I do see him very often. Today there is one here. But most people in this room right now, you cannot see the angels. They're in an unseen realm. But they are keeping charge over you. But the only way those angels are going to move on your behalf is you'll see it right here. You speak the word of God. He will give his angels. Look at Psalm 103 verse 20. Psalm 103 verse 20. Everyone still with me? I got three still with me. I'm just, I was just checking. He will give his angels charge over you. So the angels are your responsibility. You can't see them, but they're in an unseen realm. But what I've noticed is a lot of people's angels have nothing to do. Because the angels follow something they don't follow your nice thoughts sometimes they get a little confused because they're 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 going around you and you're going I don't know if I'm gonna make it it's just gotten so bad I'm just so overwhelmed and now this preacher he's going long and I got work to do today I got a lot going on and the angels going man I got nothing to do this is all unbelief I can only move. They're they're in charge of me, but I can only move unless they speak the Word of God. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His Word, heeding the voice of His Word. So now... The angels, are you're in charge of the angels, but those angels don't move unless you speak the word. So that scene realm, what you see, won't change unless you capture the word of God. How do you capture the word of God? You get in that word every day. You don't just get into it, you meditate on it. If you have trouble believing so i got trouble believing half of what's in there. So I begin to go, God, you're the spirit of truth. Let me hear that again. Sometimes, this week I've been trying to finish Luke, but I can't getting stuck on Luke 24 because it hasn't, it hasn't yeah. dug deep inside of me. God, this has got to change me. And here's what's beautiful. The more you feed yourself on the word of God, the more you go, I need more. I need more. I need more. I wake up with the word of God. I go to bed with the word of God. And the more I hear the word of God, the more I realize I don't know anything. So I need more of the word of God. 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 And be careful who you listen to. Don't listen to puny preachers who tell you what you can't do. That's right. You can do everything God told you you can do. don't listen well you know you know it's just getting worse out there you just where you know we're just holding on you know now that Trump's president stop the propaganda in the church listen to people who will give you the word of God edify you with the word and who have evidence for what they believe we got philosophers in the church now up teaching people about stuff they have no evidence for The best is, well, you know, God will heal you sometimes, but then he won't heal you. I know. I see it in your ministry. That's what you believe. Sometimes he heals people in your ministry. Sometimes he doesn't. So that unseen realm gets moving those angels that you've been given charge over when you capture what God is saying. How do you begin to change things in your life? I don't care what you've struggled with. If you've had depression for 20 years, I want you to get up every day. In Jesus' name, I have the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. I will not be depressed any more days of my life. I have the strength of God. You're like, I don't feel like this. this has nothing to do with how you feel. That's right. There's a man, I love this, pastor told them he was struggling with cigarettes for years. No shame, no blame. Don't live with that stuff. The enemy does that. You know, there's, there's a difference between immaturity and rebellion. Immaturity is, God, I want to do everything you want and then I just made a mistake. That's just immaturity. Don't let the enemy beat you up. You ask God for forgiveness and you keep going. Well, you keep making a mistake. Keep asking God for forgiving you. No problem. He can deal with you. Now, Now, where it gets wrong is when you go, I know God said this is not his will, but you keep going that way that's rebellion you don't want to do that immaturity is God I want to do everything you want me to do and then he goes no not that we're all works in progress but get up every this this pastor told this man I think over 20 years of cigarette addiction he said every day you stand up I want you to say I am delivered from cigarette addiction He goes, Pastor, I've been doing it and smoking a cigarette every day. I said, I don't care. Say it every day. I am delivered from... What's he doing? He's calling things, be not as though they were. He is speaking the Word of God. You know what happens? On day... He told him 30 days. Day 29, he said, Pastor, I went to lift up the cigarette and suddenly I said, I don't need this anymore. What happened? The Word of God on the inside of him rose above that addiction. No, sh- There's no shame, no blame if you've got to hear it more than once. It's like, uh, you ever see, like, if you have those, um, the cups, right, and the, and, the, and the faucet is leaking. It just starts as one drop. Deep, deep, deep. Why? Because we were pretty messed up before we got born again. If you were messed up for 20 years, it's going to take a little while to get that Word of God on the inside of you. But that word will get it in. Don't give up. Don't back up. You mess up. Let me help you up. We'll lift you up. We'll help you along the way. If you got some real issues, we'll get you in a private meeting. Get the demons out of you. No problem. No, I'm serious. Don't look at that person dressed next to you and think they don't have any problems. No, they just never told you the problems that they've gone through. They just look nice. They've, They've struggled with some things. Everyone in here is a work in progress. He said, on day 29, I stop smoking forever, and I will never put up another cigarette in Jesus' name. Hey, so that unseen realm only works when you speak the Word of God. Here's the last verse. Let's go back to Mark 11, and we will finish with this. Have you received something today? pick up in verse 22 so Jesus answered and said to him have God's faith for surely now watch this is so interesting that Jesus Jesus is pretty brilliant he says have God's faith and then he says for surely I say to you so he's actually putting into practice the principle that he's just speaking about whoever says to this mountain be removed be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says. But believes those things he says. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. How can you believe you receive them? Because you said it. Oh, you missed that. How can I believe I received it? Because I can have what I say. So here's here's, here's a very practical one. This is one thing I've noticed. You can do anything God tells you to do by faith. Last year was the first time I went to Switzerland, 2017. It was the last night I was in Europe on this trip, and the band was warming up, they were playing. I don't know a lot about music, with knowledge, natural knowledge. I know about sounds. I usually can tell if a church has got any chance of doing any damage to the enemy by the way they worship. That'll tell you a lot about where they're at and about the songs that come out. So I, I like percussion, so I started playing the little percussion thing. And the band is still warming up and we're getting closer to the start of the meeting and I hear the voice of the Lord always listen to the voice of the Lord makes no sense just do it anyway he's in charge he knows what he's doing I'm telling you the Lord says I want you to play the percussion I said God I don't play the percussion he said I want you to play the percussion okay God I'll do what you ask so I just keep playing The band starts following me. The meeting starts. The glory of God shows up for the next... four. I'm not not exaggerating. My friend was with me. Pastor friend. God breaks into the room. It gets wild. So I begin to prophetically talk about the sound of the Lord being released over Switzerland. When the meeting ends... The pastor or the leader's wife who, who, was, who was leading the band, she goes, That was wonderful. We just all followed you. I said, I've never done that before. And she said, Oh, it looked like you knew what you were doing. That's why we followed you. <laughs> so I went when I'm back to my hotel room very late. I like to learn, ask God questions. I said, God, what just happened tonight? And he said to me, Abner. You can do anything I tell you how to do by faith. If God tells you to do something, the power is in that word to do it. You can do what God told you to do. But, you talk to things. How many want to get out of debt? God will help you get out of debt. God go, you put it before him. I put everything before God, how do we handle this? Well, this is what I want you to... It gets really fun. Because you can have what you say. And you capture the word of God and those angels go on your behalf. And the unseen realm begins to define by that God type of faith on the inside of you. you remember that story Old Testament I think second King 6 right the prophet is completely surrounded by enemy force all that's with him is this him and his servant right <laughs> and, the, and the the servant's like hey what's what are we going to do here and the prophet goes god open his eyes that he might see he might See, he might see what's he seeing? He's seeing the unseen realm of God that he might see that those who are with us are more than those who are against us. That unseen realm was working on behalf of the prophet, but the servant couldn't see it. The life of faith gives you eyes to see. That when everything in the natural looks like you've given, no, there's no way it's going to work. You can see the provision of God. Let me finish this last one. I will finish. That thing with the water. I've learned it doesn't happen overnight. You let that keep thing keep dripping and dripping and dripping and dripping. And eventually, those little drops will come all the way to the top. And it overflows And what overflows defines what's in that container. You might just say it once. You might just say it twice. You might be encouraging yourself. You might be playing the Word of God all day. Some things might take a day. Some things might take a year. But I, I always say this. I try and measure where I'm at with certain things. And I know I'm starting to track with God when the first thing that comes out of my mouth is what God has said about it. Or, or, or the, the real measure is when the person... Now, you, you guys are New York area, so you'll get this. What's the first thing that comes out of your mouth when the person cuts you off? Because that's what you really believe about it. I just, oh, he just cut me off. Bless you in the name of Jesus. That's what I've learned to do. God bless you, God. Because I can't let somebody get in the way of my love walk with God. You receive this word today? If you receive this word, just, just a moment here. I'm just going to count to three. And if you're in agreement that you say, with God's help, I'm going to walk by faith today. If you say that. I'm just going to count to three. And I just want you to stand all across this room. But wait till we count to three. There's a, there's a powerful unseen realm. I'm telling you, today there is an empowering presence that God wants to release to you to pursue this lifestyle of faith. How many want to receive today? On three, I just want you to stand, one, two, three, just stand. And I want you to just lift your hands as a sign of surrender. And I want you to just say, this is your own confession, I'm not going to lead you anything. Just just make a small prayer between you and the Lord. Just say, "God, with your help, I want to l- learn how to live by faith and not by sight." Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, just stay in that place of just talking to the Lord. There's a a healing presence in this room. Telling you, if you are sick in body, a lot of this healing is just going to come through word of knowledge. Somebody, you have a pain in your right shoulder, just be healed in your right shoulder in Jesus' name. Somebody, you have a pain, I don't know if it's the same person, you have a pain in your right knee, be healed in your right knee. Right hip, something about the right today, I guess. Right hip. Come into alignment in Jesus. Actually, the fire of God, something on that right hip that the Lord is doing. Just be healed in your right hip. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Somebody with a sore throat, the Lord is healing your sore throat. Be healed in Jesus' name. Digestive issues, be healed in Jesus' name. Digestive issues, be healed in Jesus' name. Right eye, be healed in Jesus' name. I don't know if it's somebody in this room. You have a like a relative who has cancer, but we were just released the word of the Lord for healing for them in Jesus' name. We cancel that. Can, is that you? We cancel. Who is that? Your brother, just lift your hands. In proxy, he we, you, oh, you he got healed, okay. It's like one week. Oh, one week. So we just come into Stay agreement healing. with that, that word of healing for cancer in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody's uh, lower back, just be healed in Jesus' name. Right in the lower of your back, it's, you've had it about six years. The Lord Jesus just heals you right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. There's someone, you have a pain on the bottom of your feet, both of your feet. The Lord Jesus heals you right now. I'm telling you, you need to work that thing out because God is healing you right now in Jesus' name. Any sickness, any disease, we cancel its power. Somebody have a pain in your neck, as soon as I said it's power, Jesus heals you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We cancel any sickness and disease in this room. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Are you thankful for what God did today? Why don't you give God praise? Okay. We're not done. (laughs) <laughs> would every eye open and every person to make a really good decision if, if you have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life or if you have areas in your life that you know you're consistently practicing that do not please the Lord Jesus Christ now is a holy moment now is a time where you can get right with the Lord Jesus Christ All you got to do is say, Lord, forgive me, turn towards Him. If you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, this is what what Jesus did. He came down from heaven as a son of God uh, and and the son of man. He came, He lived the perfect life because we could not. He died on a cross and He was resurrected so that you can have abundant life. Abundant life and the life that God intended you is only found in Jesus Christ. And by receiving him, you say, I choose to put my complete trust in what Jesus has done. I choose to no longer make decisions for my own life without consulting him. If you want to do that, one, two, three, just lift up your hand. If you've got sin in your life, if you've got areas in your life that don't please God, just lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Lift them up across this room. Thank you. Thank you with your hands lifted. Move out of that place that you're in and join me up here. Come on. Got your hands lifted, no shame, no blame. I've done it many times. Come on. Forgiveness is yours. Amen. Amen. Let's let's clap for these people. It takes a lot of courage to do that. Awesome. 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 Beautiful. This is awesome. Those of you who've come here, look at me. In a moment, we're going to say a prayer. And you may or have done things this morning, this weekend that you know are embarrassing or don't please God. But when you say this prayer, and if you say it sincerely, you can leave this place without guilt, shame, condemnation. You can leave this place God removes your sins and remembers them no more. And you don't have to, I know I see some of you come down like this. You don't have to put your head down.